When I was in high school, I had um, I played football. We were bad, and we had three different coaching staffs in three years. And the middle coaching staff, I really loved. And there was a coach. I don't think he was a very good coach, but I loved him. And he got crossways. I'm going to be careful what I'm saying, Ryan. You might know some of these people. He got crossways with with uh, with one of the other coaches who had been in Carlsbad for a long time. And it sort of ended up costing him his job. And here's why. Because they were living the life of Samson instead of the life of the real Messiah. They just kept escalating things. But I was in the field house at Carlsbad, New Mexico one morning. Me and my best friend and this coach came in and he said, Hey guys, today's the last day. I'm not going to be working here anymore. I won't be your coach tomorrow. And we said, why? And he said, well, because this thing happened and this, I'm going to say this thing and it's going to get me fired. And I was like, even at seven, 16 years old, thinking, that's dumb. You don't have to say that, right? But he was going to say it. And then he told me this story, and I've never forgotten this story. He said, there's a snake at the bottom of a hill, and there's a man going to the top of the hill. And he starts to go up the hill, and the snake says, hey, it's a long way up there. Will you pick me up and take me to the top of the hill? And the man says, no way, I'm not picking you up. You're a snake. You're going to bite me. And the snake says, no, I promise. I promise I'm not going to bite you. He goes, you swear? And he says, yeah, I promise. And so he picks the snake up. And they go to the top of the hill, and it's a long climb. And they get to the top of the hill, and right before the man puts the snake down, the snake bites him. And he said, hey, you told me you weren't going to bite me. And the snake said, you knew I was a snake when you picked me up. You know any snakes? Sometimes there are people in our lives that are just toxic people. There are relationships that are just toxic relationships. And when I talk about forgiveness, you may be thinking of those people and you may be thinking of the injury that they have caused rather than even them. Last week I said this phrase, I said, hurt people, hurt people. Injured people, injured people. And I believe that to be absolutely true, but sometimes we are the injured people. Sometimes somebody injures us and what we have, the requirement of us as followers of Jesus is to release them. And to release ourselves from doing the thing back, right? So we don't escalate. We drop our sword. We put the jawbone down. We don't continue the thing. Because what, what we become when we're hurt people are as people with real potential to do damage to someone else. And what we ought to be able to do is take a step back, take a deep breath, recognize that they are hurt and injured, and love them. But... That does not mean that we have to forget what was done. Because sometimes the most loving thing we can do is remember. I'm going to read to you a passage of scripture that um, you're not going to, you may not, you may think it's funny actually, because there is kind of some comedy to it. Well, I'm just going to read it and you can make a judgment yourself. This is Proverbs 26:11. And uh, anybody graduating from high school this year? No? Anybody graduating from high school sometime? I might write this in your graduation card. I might just write Proverbs 26, 11, and then you have to look it up. And this is what it says. Like a dog that returns to its vomit is a fool who reverts to his folly. You hear the word vomit and you don't listen to the rest of it. You're just like, that's gross. So I'm going to read it again. Like a dog that returns to its vomit is a fool who reverts to his folly. The Hebrew word that is translated into fool there 
gives it a different connotation than what we think of or what I think of when I think of a fool. Typically, when I hear someone is a fool, I think they're kind of clownish. They're kind of a buffoon. They don't really know what they're doing. They kind of make bad decisions. But the Hebrew connotation to this word that is translated to fool is someone who leaves destruction behind them. A fool is someone who leaves destruction behind them. So listen to this verse again. Like a dog that returns to its vomit is a fool. Someone who returns, someone who, com- who leaves destruction behind them. A dog that returns to its vomit is like someone who leaves destruction behind them, returning to that thing again and again. I want to tell you right now and give you permission You do not have to be present when the fool returns to their folly. You don't have to be there. Sometimes the most loving thing you can do is set up a real boundary between you and that person. Hey, Thanksgiving is coming. You know who I'm talking about already, Rick. Thanksgiving is coming and you're going to be sitting at a table with someone who listens to the other news network. You know what I'm talking about. I still didn't tell you what news network I watch. I don't have cable, so I don't. But the other news network, the one you don't listen to, and they're going to want to bring up something that you know it's just not going to go well because you don't watch the same news network. And so you have the option to just say, hey, we talked about this last year and the year before and the year before, and we're not going to agree on this, so let's just don't. Let's talk about something else. You don't have to be there when the fool returns to their folly. Now I'm going to get a little personal. I still don't have your passwords. I haven't read your mail, but I'm going to let you in on a preacher, on a preacher thing, Okay. I'm going to pastor's retreat this weekend. And I'm going to be sitting there. And I don't really like going to pastor's retreats because pastors are grumpy and they complain. Imagine that. They're people. You're all grumpy and you complain too. It's just what we do as people. But preachers expect that people won't do that. Preachers think that people should all be nice and get along and like everything that they're doing. And so I'm going to sit down and have breakfast with somebody this week or lunch with somebody this week. And they're going to start complaining about somebody at their church. And the weird thing is, that person went to the other church that they served. And that person went to the other church before that that they served. And that person goes to University UMC. And that person goes to St. Paul UMC. And believe it or not, that person comes to church here. The point of the story is, and you all know this person, you work with them, you go to school with them, they might be one of your teachers, they might be one of, one of the people on a board that you're on. There are people who drive you bonkers. They just drive you crazy. And you can't get away from them because you can switch jobs and they're going to be at that job also, right Rick? Rick said they're there. You don't. You don't have to be there when they return to their folly. You can put a boundary in place between you and them. Well, how much time can you spend with that person before they do something that's going to cause you to spend 24 hours, 48 hours, two weeks processing and dealing with the pain and the frustration that they cause you? 
If, it's, if you can spend four hours with them, spend three and a half hours with them. If you can spend 24 hours with them before they do something that is really hurtful, just spend 23 hours with them. Put a boundary in place. Because here is the truth of it. The most loving thing you can do sometimes is put a boundary between you and them. You do not have to be there when a fool returns to their folly. That passage we read from Matthew. What's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with every single fiber of your being. And what's the second? Love your neighbor as what? Love your neighbor as yourself. And then Jesus says, these are the two greatest commandments, not suggestions. You are commanded to love yourself. Love yourself. It's it's hard and simple. But it is a loving thing to put a boundary up, Stuart, between you and the person that injures you. Put a boundary there. I don't know what that looks like for you. And if you don't know what that looks like for you either, send me an email. Let's talk about it. Talk to Stuart. Talk to Kathy. Talk to a friend. Talk to somebody you're in a small group with. Because what happens if we don't put the boundary in place is the fool continues to return to their folly, but now the coin has flipped, and who has become the fool? We have. So it's really easy to start saying, that person needs to stop escalating things. We're the ones that need to stop the escalation. It's really easy to say, that person needs to be set free. But we're actually the ones that are set free in the process of forgiveness. It's really easy to say, that person continually does the same thing over and over, and they keep hurting me and injuring me, and I have to spend so much time getting over that junk, when the reality is, we're the ones who keep going to them and allowing that to happen. That is not a loving thing to do. It is not loving to ourselves, and it is not loving to them. And then when we continually get hurt, we are a hurt person, and what do hurt people do? They hurt people. You see how this works? It's a cycle. The very first week when I started talking about forgiveness, I said forgiveness is like a snorkel. You think of a snorkel and you think of that's a thing that you put in your mouth so that when you're swimming underwater you can breathe, right? It's so you can breathe out and you can breathe in. And when we have something, when we continually return to our folly, when we continually escalate things, when we continually hold a grudge against someone, we're putting duct tape over the top of the snorkel and we're receiving, we're receiving grace from Jesus, we're receiving the love from God, but we, we're going to die because we can't exhale, we can't get it out and we will still suffocate. You can die with your lungs full of oxygen. Sisters and brothers, forgiveness works two ways. And there's a cycle to it. And Jesus showed us the keys to the kingdom and said, grab them and unlock yourself. The sound of following Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior sounds like chains being broken and hitting the ground because we are set free from the things that we allow ourselves to be chained up with.
May we be people who open the door and walk out into freedom. May we be people who love ourselves deeply and and strongly enough that we're willing to put a boundary up where a boundary needs to be. May we be people who drop our jawbones. And may we be people who breathe in and breathe out the love of God. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.